0: Hi, what the health tech listeners? I'm your host this week, Justine Abson. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas, and best practice in health and social care. This week, I'm talking to Simon Casia, head of sales at Radar Healthcare. Simon joined Radar Healthcare in 2021 to help us work with and make a difference to more organisations across health and social care. Simon, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you outside of work?
1: Yeah, of course. Um... I have a keen interest in cooking. I love to cook. Oh, I lovely. like, Yeah, I like cooking. Um, uh, I love to travel. Um, uh, I've been to lots of different places uh, this year post-pandemic. Yeah. Um, went to Madrid for a wedding, which was fabulous. I uh, love Madrid. And, Especially uh, if you
0: like to cook as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> There's some great places to eat out there. Uh, went to Stockholm. Uh, mm. That was really interesting. It was quite a city I'd never been before. Uh, been to Tallinn at the beginning of the year oh wow where it was super cold but it was really really pretty really lovely little city yeah. so yeah been lots of different places I love to cook love to travel got keen interest in watching football which is sometimes good sometimes not so good oh, it
0: depends on which team do you support I, I
1: support Liverpool So oh, yeah. yeah yeah so sometimes it's good sometimes we blow hot and cold yeah. Uh, but yeah so, but it's uh, uh, it's, it's uh, you know one of the first loves I ever had yeah. which was supporting Liverpool so that, re- that, that remains so, yeah, family, you know, the usual stuff.
0: Well, as a Newcastle United fan, then I can definitely see the ups and downs. <laughs> Luckily, we're on an up at the moment, but who absolutely. knows? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, Simon, thank you for joining us today. It's great thank to you have you with me. us. Thank uh, We're going to talk a little bit about um, your background in, in care. Mm. Um, so, obviously, now you work with, with Radar Healthcare, but I understand your family's got a background in care homes, worked yeah. in them for t- sort of more than 10 years. Um, and you actually owned one, so can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, this stems back. I'm going to show my age now, but this stems <laughs> back from um, the mid '80s. Uh, my parents um, purchased uh, a few care homes, started operating care homes uh, whilst we were we, uh, me and my siblings were still in school. Oh, wow. uh, so we grew up around that surrounding. Uh, so really, it was embedded in our in our uh, formative years uh, the value of uh, taking care of people. Uh, taking care of uh, the most vulnerable in society. Uh, In our case, that was elderly. Um, But yeah, it was a real, it was a real great foundation of understanding what, what care meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that then, subsequent to that, um, I think I was 20 years old. Um, I, I moved here to West Yorkshire, actually, and, and bought a care home. Um, I became the youngest registered care manager at the age of 21, uh, managed and ran, uh, that care home for a number of years. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so understanding, uh, care and, uh, specifically social care was something that was, um, instilled in us at, from an early age.
0: Yeah. And what an amazing thing to kind of instill in you from an early age as well to kind of those values and, you know, kindness and care. They're, they're things that are so important in, in so many different elements of life as well.
1: Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I've, I've got an elderly mother at the moment who is, um, de- uh, you know, her memory's fading mm. and, and having empathy around how these things affect the older generation. Is something that you know I learned all those years ago and and able to put that into practice even today is really, really useful. I think it was a really great life skill
0: yeah, no absolutely. So what was your favorite part about working in in the care home um when when you were back there i,
1: I think that there's two parts to that, and that is the, the a favorite part i mean listen it's not an easy job. Uh, running and operating a care home uh, is not an easy thing to do. We, um, as Radar, we we look up we our solution is offered to lots and lots of different care operators up and down the country that are, that have some uh, really really difficult challenges, particularly now. Mm. Um, but the favourite part is always look you're serving somebody, you're you're providing care, security, safety, um, and that in itself is such a wonderful thing to be able to offer and seeing residents um, flourish because of the care that you deliver is such a rewarding thing when their relatives or or them as individuals feedback to you and say, what an amazing job that you're doing. And then the second part is the people that you employ and the people that, you know, are are responsible for that care delivery. It's so heartwarming, especially people that have not been in the care sector before or young people that may may be their first, second job that are coming into care. And for them to really understand exactly what that means and, and, and the impact that that's creating to the people that you look after, that's a really powerful thing to be able to offer that.
0: I think that's really nice as well. Like you said, it's not just about the resident themselves. It's the families. Um, yeah. It's understanding, you know, if, if my mum and dad were in a home or, mm-hmm. you know, my grandparents or something, it's, you know, you want to know that they're being looked after. You want to feel comfortable. And I think to kind of have that feedback from, from the families, as well as giving that quality of life to your residents, they sort of go hand in hand, don't it, they?
1: It, it, they? definitely do, Justine. And it's also a, it, it's it's something that I think, you know, as 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 creatures, as human beings, I think we inherently we care for one another. Yeah, and uh, and and for that to be uh, you know part of your profession is uh, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. It was a really really impactful experience that still remains me- with me to this day. And in and in many ways, I carry that experience through even in, in, into my my current role as well. Because understanding and having that empathy for what our customers go through is a really really powerful thing to be able to. Um, you know, when when we're offering our digital solution through Radar Healthcare for us for us to even understand the human factor, it's really important.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that brings me really nicely onto my next question about, you know, what did bring you to the the dark side, if you like? What what brought you from from sort of the the care home side onto the supplier side?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I I guess I, I wouldn't necessarily call it the dark side, <laughs> but but it it brought us. Um, it, I think it came full circle because. I'd been involved in care for such a long period of time and then coming out of care and then and and coming and and, and learning what technology was having a role to play in in the care sector. Look, you know, care historically is not an early adopter of technology. I think that's fair to say. Mm. Um, But 10 or 15 years ago when I got involved in health tech and and originally I worked for an organisation where we were providing a learning and development solution for for care staff it was a real impactful thing to be able to provide a service or a product that was going to affect so many people. And especially as those people were involved in the care industry. Mm -hmm. And then subsequent to the learning development company, I moved on to a a, a company that were providing a workforce development solution around staffing and uh, rostering. And, And that too, you know, to make sure that people get to the right place at the right time and for those individuals to get paid on time through, you know, a, a, a timesheet was a really, really impactful thing to, to be a part of. And then more recently now with, with Radar Healthcare. You know, we provide a, a, a quality assurance platform that makes um, the compliance of an organisation, so which is so important in, in the way that it's, it's graded, the way that uh, the CQC or the inspector might uh, grade a home. is really, really important that they have digitised platform, a digitised system that's able uh, f- f- for them to be able to evidence base how they are improving on their quality. Mm-hmm. So health tech... And technology it, it plays such a massive role in our uh, care delivery
0: so I think that you know that's really important and I think you know from our partners' side as well how can our partners um, benefit I guess from your experience in in both sides of of your knowledge
1: so quite often my role at radar healthcare involves speaking to people primarily at a more senior level um, and you know, to have that empathy about what a care operator goes through uh, and the challenges that they're facing, um, it it plays a big role into how I'm able to connect. Mm-hmm. And 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 we at Radar Healthcare, even though we're a technology provider, we're very much a people business. Absolutely. So it's really important that we have empathy for the people that we are we're connecting with and for my experience to play or to have a role in that ability to empathize is pretty important and of course you can learn that but because it's lived experience it's very it is probably obvious to the people that uh, that i communicate with that i've been um, not necessarily in their shoes but i understand what they're going through
0: I think that's it, isn't it? You know, you've mentioned that we're a very people business. It's, you know, that partnership approach is so important. We've talked about it in so many of the podcasts already because it does underpin so much of of everything we do. And I think that... Like you said, that lived experience it does put it in a completely different context for someone who is trying to explain maybe some of the challenges that they are facing.
1: Yeah, I mean the the, the partnership approach is a real thing, and I think it's quite often you know a very easy thing just to gloss over, and and we, we use it almost like uh, as a marketing speak, <laughs> but. You know, from from top to bottom, you know, right from Paul, our CEO, all the way to you know our our you know younger members of our sales team, everybody has bought into this idea that Radar is more than just a te- technology uh, solution. Um, it's how we deliver on 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 the on the solutions that we're offering, but also um, what that what the impact that solution offers. Is carried out through the people that deliver it, and, the, and those people are real people. They're, they're the radar people. So that so it's not just a word. It's not just a a marketing ploy of 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 uh, us creating, um, you know, this this terminology partnership approach. It is real thing.
0: Yeah, and I think you've I think you've kind of touched on this a little bit already. Um, but what can sort of partners and other people and you know people within social care um, benefit from with you know, working with a tech organisation like ourselves?
1: I think the the, the first informative thing, is quite often people turn to us um, because they have a particular need or a particular requirement that needs serving. But what tends to happen is when we engage, particularly with my sales team, it, it's about understanding what, what their challenge is. And their challenge may well be um, that, you know, they need a new incident reporting or a risk management platform. But actually, through that conversation and through that dialogue, they understand that actually with radar, there is something more to be gained from this because it's our ability to uh, portray what is our, what, what is best practice around that particular subject matter. And it might be, for example, an organization wants to build a new quality assurance framework and how best to instill audits because they're doing hundreds of audits at the moment but how do they get the most out of that particular business process because everybody recognizes that we have to do that they, they know they have to do it but how to do it and i think that we're in a fortunate position as as a technology provider because we speak to so many different organizations and the real breadth of um Uh, The experience that we have at Radar Healthcare spans right across the gamut of health and social care. So some tech providers, for example, may offer a solution that is exclusive to residential care operators, or another one may be towards domiciliary uh, care with radar healthcare it spans right, right across from healthcare all the way to social care and everything in between so it might be uh, nhs trusts in a hospital mm-hmm. it might be in a pr- private medical clinic it could be in a dentist surgery it could be it, it could be in a um ambulatory or patient service that for, f- so that lived experience that we have at radar healthcare allows us to impart that to somebody and to be relevant to somebody so it's something that a dental surgery might have adopted a particular process that a care operator a residential care operator could utilize and it's our people that are able to provide that breadth of knowledge and that breadth of experience
0: i think that's the thing as well isn't it you know we we work with lots of different organisations but they're lots they're very they vary in sizes as well. Mm. And I think that's another really important point because there's lots of things that some of the, you know, bigger multi-site care homes might do that we can actually help smaller the smaller suppliers implement in just a slightly different way. It's it's Um, a good point. But it's a nice way to to share that knowledge and that best practice that maybe they don't have as much resource to to put into it. But actually there are ways that every organisation can learn.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, my, when my when my parents started uh, operating care homes uh, back in the mid '80s, um, they you know they had one home and then they bought another home and then they bought another home and and they slowly built up this um, the, the, this little network of care homes. In that it was in Hertfordshire and, and the at yeah, those times that you, you know it, that's how the care sector worked. Much later, much bigger groups. Mm. With a lot more money, what came into that into that into that um, that market and swallowed up a lot of these smaller care homes, uh, and over the years, that's almost come full circle. That that you still need to you need still need to be of a certain size in order for these these care homes to operate and be profitable, but it also means that they are able to learn. From the the experiences of a single, so they're trying to run care homes as a, a place that people can find safe, secure, uh, that they're able to call it their home. Mm. And I think that that's really key and really important within the industry that we retain that.
0: That's a really nice point as well. I think people forget it's their home. Mm. You know, they're called care homes, mm. but I, I don't think people always associate those two things. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I think that's such an important point. Mm. Um so we know there's there's some big challenges at the moment um in the in the social care world, um, you know, particularly with recruitment, staff turnover. Um, we know that there's some areas of the country that are seeing up to forty percent of vacancies that are not being filled. So how do you think we can support with that and you know, kind of any any sort of answers from, from your experience?
1: Yeah, um, I mean look, that, that it's it's a well documented problem that, you know, being a care worker is a really undervalued, um, a thankless task. You know, when you consider that a person who stacks shelves in a supermarket gets paid more money than the people or than that work in a care home, it kind of says something about our society, doesn't it? And the value that we place upon on, on looking after our vulnerable. Um, but so it is a massive problem, and it's a massive issue. It's a massive issue for uh, a small care operator all the way to the really large. You know, care operators with hundreds of care homes, and yes, you're right, Justine. That you know, in some parts of the country, there are 40% vacancies in in care homes. And and you know, your question of how can can radar, um, and and our software help that? Well, look, there's a really you know succinct answer to that, and that is that what radar is really strong at is providing a solution that minimises the amount of effort and work. Uh, 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 effort and man hours that are taken where historically a lot of the tick boxing or the compliance elements that, that a care operator needed to do would absorb a huge amount of time and take people away from their core function, which was obviously taking care and looking after the residents. So I think that the first answer is, is that, that with radar healthcare with the, the software that we provide gives the opportunity of really giving some of those man hours back the second point that you that you that we're making here is around the the um, um the vacancies that there are and I don't think we have, as Radar Healthcare, a magic wand that's going to fix that particular problem. I think that's a really, really big problem, which, which you know, many successive governments have not been able to, to find a solution towards. Um, what I would say, though, from a radar perspective, is that um, what we're seeing is that care homes and care operators that have, that have been using radar, the familiarity... Of that understanding of that piece of software, and that when people do move from one organization to the other, and when they can bring that knowledge and, and experience to the next one that that seems to carry some value so so I think from our perspective i 'm not sure we have a magic one that could fix the vacancy problem, but certainly from from the perspective of giving something back in terms of the efficiency of time, effort, etc, I, th- I think radar has a, a huge role to play in that.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's really important that as well. You know, I, I was at the Future of Care conference recently um, and they were talking about, obviously, this being one of the big issues, of course, um, and a lot of people were sort of saying, you know, social care workers are seen as unskilled workers and low-skilled workers, mm. um, and it's just mind-blowing that, that people view the role as that because yeah. actually it's it's not at all. It takes somebody really special to to do the job they do. Yes, it's hard work, but it's so rewarding as well. Mm. Um, you know, my granddad was in hospital recently, and you know, watching the care that he got mm. was amazing. Mm. Um, and you know, then watching so, sort of our family members come in and and try and almost do similar things was yeah. they couldn't do it. No. Um, so I think it's you know people don't see it as a as a skilled profession, but actually. Yeah, it's really, an incredibly skilled profession.
1: Yeah, I really value this platform that you, that you're giving today to 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 suggest that it's a uh, that is a job of tremendous value and I think that is something that is quite often overlooked. Mm. So, yeah, your point is well made.
0: Yeah. I think obviously, you know, we've we've got the the issues in in recruitment and and that kind of thing is is extremely challenging. I guess, you know, everybody there's such a focus on providing high quality care now, which Is an amazing thing. Of course, everybody wants to provide the highest quality of care they possibly can. Um, And it's, it's there at the forefront. So I guess, obviously, with the cost of living crisis, with everything else that's happening at the moment, how can providers still continue to try and provide that high quality of care whilst obviously being in a little bit more of a crisis than... Than we have been over the last 10 years or so
1: yeah it's a massive issue isn't it um it is a massive issue for everybody every single person in in, in our country is facing a challenge right now whether it's you know uh, how how much heating you use during the day or how you know the cost of even going to the supermarket or you know, putting fuel in your car, mm-hmm. everything is go- is going up. And that's no different to, you know, the the care operators in, in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm sure there are care operators that are thinking of ways to, to tighten their belts right across the country. Yeah, and, and I'm sure w- want as much as possible to retain the high delivery of care. And how do, how do you do that? It's really, really challenging. You know, I think that people are having to make some really tough decisions right now. Um, whether or not it's, you know, the items that they put on the menu in care homes or, or the amount of heating that they have this, this type of, um, uh, dilemma. I think up and down the country, everybody is, is is probably facing. I think from from our our perspective, from Radar's perspective, you know, we're f- we're seeing that more and more organisations that are switching to a a model where technology plays a bigger and a more productive role. Um, that there are some cost savings uh, to be made there, particularly around, uh, as I mentioned in my previous point, around the man hours spent yeah. in certain processes. So one of the things that Radar is currently um, providing a real initiative for is a integration between uh, a care planning software and our compliance platform, and this this is going to take away the double entry that would be necessary when an incident rec- is recorded in a care plan that is automatically updated into um, uh, into the radar platform. Now, his- his- historically, that would have been two separate people or it might have been the same person, but would have taken two, two amounts of effort. Mm-hmm. Even that simple thing of uh, integration between those two platforms, which, by the way, I think is a real game changer for, for our industry because... Um, for the first time, we're we're connecting a radar platform with a with a uh, with a care planning piece of software, which is going to mean that care workers up and down the country that are using that particular product are going to be able to record an incident in the care planning software, which automatically updates and starts the actions in radar. And if once the actions have been recorded and and, and managed then that information would be pushed back into the care planning software to say that, you know, the issue has been dealt with or completed, et cetera. It's a real difference. It's a real definer uh, from, uh, from. so what is a very simple, what sounds a very simple process is taking away so many headaches Within that care facility, it's taking away the uh, the amount of man hours spent on on doing a very very simple process. But Radar has taken the initiative with the with the care planning software provider to provide a really really good user experience for the end user. And in this case, it's a care worker.
0: Oh, that sounds really exciting! We'll look forward to um to maybe a future podcast on, on talking a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's a real um, game
1: changer, Justine.
0: I think. Um, Going on to obviously we've we've talked a lot about your background in care, mm-hmm. um you know kind of where you've come from, so let's talk a little bit more about what you do at, at Radar Healthcare. So we know you're head of sales, um so can you talk to us a little bit more about the sales process and how easy it is if people wanted to procure our system?
1: Yeah, of course. So my role at Radar Healthcare, um uh you, you know it, it it splits between two. Very distinct things. One is around um, the the offer, uh, the way we offer our product and the the way that we're presenting it to our potential customers and how that's delivered is is delivered through, you know, various presentations and demonstrations of of the system. And then the second part to it is around the management of of my team. And our team has grown significantly uh, since I took over um, and it continues to grow. So the the role itself is quite varied and I really enjoy it so that and it doesn't feel like work which is, <laughs> which is always a good thing isn't it when you when it does, when a job doesn't feel like work you know you're enjoying it
0: absolutely yeah
1: so that, so, so that that's a nice thing that's a really nice thing the, the 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 second part to the the answer is we make it really simple for people to procure uh, radar um, the 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 software itself is a, um, it, we, we don't operate a user-based license. It, so the the way that the product is purchased we all offer an organizational site license that allows for an organization of any size and scale to have a sub- subscription license with radar that's paid on an annual basis so it's a subscription license model that we we have and they can pay us monthly or, or, or quarterly or annually however <laughs> we we negotiate and, and we make that really really simple we've got a uh, a a a a, a product that we use that generates the quotation it provides a web url to the end customer the customer then accesses the the quotation online and they can it once they've accepted it they can see the terms and conditions and sign in that same environment and once they've signed we then take over of that at that point we uh, we push that information across to finance and then we start the implementation process so it's a very very succinct very very simple to follow easy uh, uh way to procure
0: i think i mean the, the fact that it's not a a license basis um, as well is so important because part of the the uniqueness, I guess, about our product is for people to have oversight mm. for people to be able to access it. So yeah. by not limiting the number of people Absolutely. in an organization that can get on it,
1: Absolutely. you're giving
0: people the sort of, you're empowering people to be able to do yeah. their reporting and you're not always relying on senior management or, or someone different. So again, it's it comes back to that, that sort of how you feel about doing your job and being able to do it well and actually having the accountability and the empowerment to, to kind of follow that through as well.
1: Absolutely. You've got to give people the right tools. And and if you if you give people the right tools and, and they're able to self-manage, then they'll be able to do things on their own uh, autonomously. And that's what we try to do at our utmost through the radar software.
0: So tell me a little bit more about your team and if our partners call and, and they want to talk to someone, who do they talk to?
1: So uh so the sales department is split into four sort of distinct areas. Um we have a um we have a sales outreach team um and they are predominantly calling people uh to explain what radar has to offer, setting up demonstrations, setting up meetings, setting up presentations. Um so they're an outreach team. Um and then we have a a team that uh, uh specializes in the public sector, um particularly the NHS. Uh, so th- those, those individuals are really well versed and knowledgeable around what happens in, in hospitals and in acute trusts. So that they have got a wealth of knowledge and, uh, and experience about how to actually approach those individuals, present and to demonstrate radar's offering. And then the third team is a, is con- concentrates on private care both healthcare care and social care predominantly it's care homes um, which still tends to be our, our most ideal customers that benefit from our solution and then the fourth team is a bid management team so when, when an organization is bidding or tendering sorry i should say then the the, the 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 bid team would then take over so there's four distinct areas and and yeah to to to, to speak to anyone in our team everybody's always accessible so uh, you, you know depending what particular customer you are or potential customer you are would 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 determine which particular part of my team that you would speak to?
0: Yeah, I think you've you know, you touched earlier on um, you know, you go through the sales process when we're talking about the procurement side and then you you go start going through implementation. And I know we've done a few podcasts on implementation right. and and we've kind of talked to our um customer success team. Mm. So I think it's great to kind of have a different take on it as yeah, well, yeah. almost the beginning. Um, it, yeah,
1: it is. Quite often, we are the the first voice that this that a potential customer speaks to, oh. um, and and that may well be someone in my outreach team that they initially get um, engaged with. And then they we, we move them along to a business development manager that may then um, have some some broader experience on how to deliver a demonstration uh, that's relevant to that particular customer or potential customer. And then based on that, uh, then we would move them to either if they're tendering then our bid team or if they're directly procuring from us, then we would send out a contract and then it goes across to our finance team to uh, to set up uh, the, the 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 relevant account details, yeah. so so that's how the process works from from our sales team. So yes, you're right. Quite often we're the first po- point of contact.
0: Yeah, and it goes back to that partnership approach again, doesn't mm. it? You know the whole the whole of Radar Healthcare are all behind this partnership approach. So it's it's not you're not talking to different people constantly. You've always still got the same points of contact and things like that, which I think is is fantastic. Absolutely. So, at the end of every episode, Simon, we mm. ask everybody what their health tech moment is. So it's a bit of fun. We want to hear your weird and wonderful stories. I'm sure from um, spending so long in in healthcare itself, you've got all sorts of stories. Um, so, have you got one that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: That is such a good question. You know, there are. You're right. There are so many. Um, but the one that uh, springs to mind is. Um, so many years ago when i when i owned a care home in in west yorkshire uh one of the um one of the uh the trips that we took our residents on um we we'd uh we hired a uh a minibus uh with a driver and and we took our residents uh to see the blackpool illuminations and uh there was around a 10 10, 11 of uh, residents and and quite a number of members of staff that Mm -hmm. came along to this trip and we ended up um getting to, to blackpool nice and early uh before before it got dark and uh some of these some of the some of one or two of these residents had not been to blackpool for many many years and and to see their faces um uh, and, and the enjoyment that they had uh, by going on this trip going to a place that they had long forgotten uh, was really really special and we ended up having fish and chips at harry ramsden's and it just brought, brought back so many memories for them and it was a really really special thing to do uh, you know it was so many years ago it was around 15 20 years ago but i still remember that i remember the faces of the residents and, and the joy that it brought them and it brought us all closer together somehow It was a real special trip really I, i'll never forget it it was absolutely amazing
0: as someone who had two grandparents that absolutely loved going to Blackpool mm. every single year, mm. um, yeah, I can 100% imagine their faces. Yeah. My um, my grandma and granddad used to always talk about Blackpool and they used to love going to um, sort of... They never went to like the, the sort of standard cafes that you'd go to. They'd always find like one of the ones where like the truck drivers would go yeah, to or yeah. something like that and <laughs> yeah. they absolutely loved it. So I can 100% imagine... <laughs> Um, how happy it made some of those residents without a doubt yeah lovely story and that is why i love this question because you hear about so many lovely lovely yeah, it's stories a great as well. question. so thank you very much for, for joining us this week simon i'm sure it won't be the last podcast that we we see you thank on thank you
1: so much for inviting me justin
0: and thank you to everybody for listening we'll see you next week with another new episode don't forget to rate and subscribe and if you've got any questions for us or our guests please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com